Hey guys, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendera and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is a podcast where we tackle hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Today we're doing a C19 update for you guys, episode 15, man. They just keep on going and things keep on happening. So we're going to talk about the un- unemployment updates, the executive orders that have been signed. We're going to talk about vaccine updates. Also going to mention the clean network program that's happening, which is technically a cold war with China. And yeah, typical update of the global cases of C-19. Peter's going to take it away. Yeah, do it with the stats. But first, I was wondering, because we listen to Doom, the Doom playlist, the rock and roll music. What games did you play when you were, when you were younger? Did you ever play like Spyro or Crash Bandicoot? I have no idea what those are. I used to play James Bond, man, on Nintendo 64, Nintendo. so... I really love the shooters. There was all, like the you for sure have played Spyro, like the dragon, little dragon. Oh, that is the purple one. Purple yes, dragon. that one. And then Crash Bandicoot with little cars. Okay. And you get like diamonds and stuff. It was fun, dude. Fun times. How's yeah. how's work been, man? Work's been okay. It hasn't been that bad. Um, I mean, like I've been charged for these uh, three nights, and it's been okay. Well, like nothing. While Peter's on light duty, let me mention that Peter's light duty is him being in charge of a cardiac unit. Yeah, and nothing too crazy happened. Just kind of like managing stuff. Like we have, we got good nurses, so like if shit goes down, people know what to do. So That's good. I feel fine. A lot of orientees, man. I got like learn everyone's name again. We have. I feel like thirty percent of our staff is like is new that I haven't met. Not necessarily new grads, but new nurses that I have not had a chance to work with. It kind of shows you the turnover rate that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's normal, that's though. That's present, you know? Yeah, but that's normal. You know, um, I think August is when physicians start the residency, usually, right? July is. In July, yeah, July, August. So, like, Trevor, nursing Trevor is, like, high is, like, right there as well. During that time. Plus, you have to deal with so much, especially night shift. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you don't have intensivist on or, you know, hospitalists and you take calls from residents sometimes or they come assess your patients mm-hmm. during rapid responses yeah sometimes it's going to be a shit show and things don't get done or they ask you like what what do you think we should do because they did honestly don't know like they're they're transitioning from book smart to being technically hands-on smart hmm. and during that time that's when a lot of nurses like to take the vacations because they know there's new residents coming mm-hmm. in yeah and for us luckily we don't have any new residents we have our nurse practitioners that are with us overnight for, I think it's changed. I think I'm here like three or four times a week and then another three were basically by ourselves. But they, it's cool because they work directly with like the cardiologist, the heart failure team and the CV surgeon. So they know exactly what to do in every situation. It's not like you have, you know, residents that are new. They've been there for a long time. They've they've worked there for a long time. So the words that they give you and the stuff they do is done with like more confidence because they literally know what to do because they've seen it before. Truth is, truth is, I miss it a little bit. Mm. I'm on vacation for yeah, you now. another month. Of course, I'm going to be looking back in September like, oh, man, I wish I just, you know, enjoyed my vacation longer. But as of now, I kind of miss the thrill a little bit or, you know, not to say it's exciting to have a crashing patient, but it kind of really is. The thrill is always nice when it's not your patient. Of course. Because they're just doing shit without any kind of like, you don't have to really charting and things charting. like that. Charting, you don't have to figure out like exactly what's going on with everything else you're just kind of focusing on, on your own thing yeah. you know it's you, you know how it goes after you had a code or you had a rapid response and you push a bunch of meds they just leave you the vials mm-hmm. on the computer tray you got to go back in and put the right physician order to scan it to make sure it's actually accounted for yeah. so definitely it is annoying if you have your own patient yeah yeah so now i mean it's a hospital hectic you know this whole covid19 is also this whole c19 is also hectic so let me throw some stats guys so current global cases 19 million 786 thousand 
total deaths, 728,000, almost a million deaths, so quarter away from a million. So we'll see how things go. U.S.-wise, the top five states hasn't really changed much these past couple weeks. California is still number one with 556,000 cases, 10K deaths. Florida, 526,000 cases with a little over 8,000 deaths. Texas, third in charge, 503,000 deaths, or sorry, cases, 8,500 deaths. So they actually have more deaths than Florida. They're number three. Uh, New York, 449,000 cases compared to 32,000 deaths. It's a fucking lot. So it's a good chunk. Georgia, 213 cases with 4,186 deaths. So, yeah, it's not and it's not like in like the West Coast and East Coast anymore because we were talking about New York and, and California, like the most of everything. Now we have New York, California, Florida, Southern States, Georgia. It's all, it's like nationwide now compared to it being more in, in certain areas where like it congregates with higher population. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have a race for it. Mm. Just it's technically everywhere now. Everybody. I know before it was no region. There's no region. And Saturday, Trump signed an executive order, and it kind of extended the unemployment uh, benefits. So at first, I think uh, because of the is the Health Act, I believe, the CARES Act, mm-hmm. which was passed in March. So we got $600 weekly to boost for unemployment. And after July, it was supposed to be only 200 bucks. Uh, both parties, they cannot make a, you know, Decision. A decision. One party wanted. Happening. One party wanted six hundred. The other party wanted two hundred, and they could not decide because when you're in Congress debating these legislatures, majority ha- has to agree. And if you have a house split between two parties, you know, and no one's really outvoting the other one, then you can't really get stuff done. Yeah. you can't really get it passed. So, four hundred is halfway for what they wanted. So Trump signed it for four hundred as of now. And the reason why is because Congress is going into their um, recess. So yeah. they're going to recess till September 7th from August 10th. So we're not going to have, on a government level, so our COVID updates are going to be interesting because there's going to be no real government work being done here because the whole Congress is going on recess. Mm-hmm. And it's so like how you're on recess right now from nursing. I am on recess. What is it, July recess for you? July, or August. recess? July, August. July recess for Matthew. You're like right there. Right there with him. Right there with him, man. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy, man. <laughs> Swear. He's nice. I met him before. I talked to him all the time. Yeah, man. He's That's always nice. on the show. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, they signed a $3 million relief package, and now they're kind of arguing with what they want to do. There was a bill proposed for $1 million, and they think it's not acceptable for this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic is what they're kind of saying. Because they keep saying that it's no one's fault, no one's fault, because it really isn't anyone's fault for for the spreading here. Um, there's really nowhere where you can put the blame because we don't know all the information, right? So we can't put the blame on like one country or one person or like one, one region because, you know, who knows where it's originated, originated in. But we do have to, you know, as a federal government, they do have to supplement people's unemployment. But the thing is like, I feel like 400, we'll see how 400 goes because before it was 600, right? And a lot of people were saying that they make more money now than they did going to work. So maybe this might increase, slowly increase the jobs out there. I mean, it should if you think about it, because even though the jobs numbers were a little bit better than expected, this might make it a little bit, you know, more because people aren't going to get the six hundred bucks extra a week. I mean, I talk- maybe four hundred and two hundred dollars goes goes a long way. Like it's, you might think it's kind of small, but you know, if I got extra two hundred bucks, dude, that's I'm cool. I'd be so much happier. I'd be like two hundred dollars happier. Yeah, and there's we have friends that are enjoying this too. Mm-hmm. They were getting money more than they currently were even making. And they were enjoying the unemployment. Yeah. And that's when, 
you know, we were kind of talking to them about like, hey, you should be building a brand or you should be kind of like selling or starting a side hustle or, you know, putting your time into something that you're passionate about. Yeah. A lot of people just partied it away and here we are, man. So that's the whole concept. Again. Like, you know, if you're going to give people unemployment money, do you expect them to spend it and, you know, boost the economy or do you expect them to, to save it? You're going to boost the economy the other way. Like, what are you betting on? What was the... What did the Fed think was going to happen? Did they think that people are going to spend more or are people going to save more? I mean, we went into the, one of the best benefits from like, some companies had their best years. Jeff Bezos did yeah. and all these other companies. So, yes, I mean, people invested it back into the economy technically. Like we gave tax paying dollars to citizens and they just spent it. Yeah. Which, Amazon which is and a, everything else, which is, is OK. Is that a good thing, though? Because, you know, now you have to supplement them with more money, right? So is that a good thing? You know, and, and it's not something like you can't realize this on like a short term basis. We gotta like reevaluate this probably like in six months, see where we are. And you know, depending on how, on how long people get these unemployment benefits, you know, it might be a year, two years, depending. Maybe we, maybe this is like a light introduction into, into um, what did Andrew Yang want? He wanted everybody to get X amount of money. I, I don't know if I'm psychic, mm. but I was just thinking about that yeah, as dude. you're talking like an, about it. It's like an introduction. Like, hey, we're going to start people with 600 bucks. They're going to throw them 400 and maybe they might throw you two and they might find out that's not enough. So maybe it's a universal basic income where you get 400 bucks from the government. Just because. Everybody, just because. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting how that's going to work because. It's going like, to create comfort, man. If you could we'll learn see. to live and, you know, you have a couple of family members, they, they have an income, you get two grand a month, let's mm. just say. Spitball numbers, guys. And they figure out a way to work with that, they're not gonna have an incentive to work or excel because they have their, you know, like the Maslow's hierarchy, they have their basic needs met. If they have their basic needs met and they're not ambitious, they're gonna just, you know, kind of go the, the, on the hierarchy with other things, with friends, relationships, and that's it. So what we, about the other spectrum where it's like those kids that didn't have money or family didn't have, have money now get some kind of a supplemental? income and now they're able to do things that they were not able to do before yeah that's like a possibility it. as well you know that's you know there's like two different two different ideas and it's kind of like which side's going to take over in the future basically is are there going to be more people that are working harder because now they actually are on a more level playing field so it's going to want them to increase or you're going to have more people that are just like okay i'm about to just chill so look at the debate of washing hands and mm. cleaning and hygiene. Do you think hygiene has improved for the the large majority of individuals in America after COVID? Um, I have no idea. I haven't, seen, I haven't been anywhere out of like the Chicago area. Of course, yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether that improved. Have we became cleaner? I mean, I, I go to the gym. My gym is not the cleanest, but people, it's the cleanest it has been. People are wiping the things down more often and people are bringing sandy wipes. So hopefully this has a positive you know response to people you yeah. know so like even like my mom you know like she's taking advantage and trying to find like um they're called dumpkin in mm. polish but like you know the whole house cleaning clean. thing and you know i created her business cards and you know that hypes her up you know she's creating um private you know like clients and she's able to kind of self-sustain herself from that yeah you're self-sufficient on the income that you bring you know if you could bring more 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 dumpkin then you know you get more money or you could stagger it maybe you have too much and you could you're doing it for a good price. So you can hire somebody. You could have like two people clean so it's quicker. It's it's an endless opportunity from there. Yeah. And as well, what's happening on the federal level is we haven't figured out how to reopen schools safely during this pandemic. And we have to kind of aid more in the state and local, you know, 
budgets mm-hmm. and they're all shortfalling. So I know a lot of schools are they can't technically reopen safely, and, and even CPS announced last week that they're going to be completely online. Mm-hmm. So I, it just I feel like it's going to be per state on what they decide because I think Labor Day is this deadline that we have for yeah, kids yeah. going back to school. Like kids technically miss like their half of their year school year like it's mind-blowing right i wonder what's gonna be up to because if they're going on recess congress then who's going to decide um you know what are the rules is it the mayors is it the governors yeah and it's crazy that these congressmen are able to do that like if this is such a huge pandemic that's on the the news and it's historical and people are dying then how come they get to kind of disappear for a couple of weeks and that's okay for them you know it's more than a couple of weeks it's over a month yeah, you know, they end like September, mid-September, I think. It yeah. starts like August 10th and ends September 7th. So yeah, almost a month basically. And it's not just like this. This isn't their only recess. Like they have a sprout throughout the year. Like every season they have, they have a recess. It's not like this is their one vacation. Like you know, a lot of a lot of families, you know, they go on one vacation, recess, go on vacation like four times if they want to. And plus, they're allowed to like miss X amount of days. There's like required days, and then there's like optional days that they could do. You know, this is a whole different thing that we didn't go to school for this. So. You know, nursing, we're used to a 12-hour shift three days a week. Like, I can't imagine how, how would it be to work in an office for eight hours a day. Say, Monday to Friday, man. Yeah, like, I don't, know how, I don't know how that works, you know? Because completely different job, completely different requirements. And Congress has, has their own requirements like that, too. They do. You know? And same thing with, like, this whole eviction thing. So because of the CARE Act that was signed, like, 100, 120 days, there was a period where renters were not allowed to, um, you know evict their people living on rent and that expired july 24th so these landlords were able to issue these 30-day notices like hey you got to pay rent or get the hell out mm. so but this wasn't for everyone's loan it's only like the fha loan the government yes loans that so have, federal, federal housing so we yeah. were talking about the lower income people that yeah. are suffering in america right now which is over 30 million people which is huge yeah and like that's okay like they they should be able to extend it but of course like if i'm a landlord and you know I can't, I'm not getting rent. That's also I get less income as well. So hopefully, you know some of like the four hundred dollars a like a week for unemployment. Hopefully some of that money's gonna go towards me too. I guess depending if because I'm a landlord. Land if I'm a landlord and I make my income off property and now I can't because you know people haven't been paying me rent and then the federal government put a law on that hey people don't gotta pay me rent for even even longer then I lose my income too. So I'm sure they get kind of a bonus as well. They might get like a tax break in the future or they just might get some of this this, this $4 so. a week. And I actually didn't think about that until you mentioned right now. Like, you know, it's not only low-income people are suffering. Like you have business owners that have property that are not getting rent and they have landlords or property that they have to pay for sometimes. And everybody needs to have their ends meet. And that's yeah. what's so difficult in this, you know? Yeah, like our buddy kind of told us that, you know, getting like a like – the interest rate on getting like a loan for – like a used vehicle is higher than, than it's ever been. It's been a very long time. Really? Yeah. Okay. He gets like, I mean, I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but, okay. you know, I think he's like 6% he got or something. I don't know. Some, in, that, in that range. So I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm going to apply for one and, you know, we'll, like, we'll see what happens, but we'll see. Peter wants a new vehicle. He's going to upgrade. I'm not for sure. I'm just looking. Zoom, zoom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not getting any kind of income from this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah. Not, not yet, you not know, yet, so, so it's like. Do I like buy a car? Or do I just put more money into this? But I think I probably have enough money for both. Both, man. So you got travelers. You got to start making some money, man. Yeah. It's going to happen very, mm-hmm. very soon, guys. We're actually working on little updates for the vlog that we're going to be creating, and we kind of decided to say we didn't 
mentioned at the beginning of the episode about we're just going to get the ball rolling and get back off on the course so you guys have it ready this month in August. A little sneak peek for ever listen to this COVID episode. Anyway, so vaccine updates on what's happening. So interestingly enough, one of the world's um, largest ser- uh, vaccine producers by volume is what they mentioned. They're proposing a vac- C19 vaccine, which is going to be at a price of 225 rupees, which is roughly $3 a dose. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing. $3 a dose. So they're going to offer to... I think, I don't know how much X amount of countries, but it's going to be it's like 90 something. Like 97, yeah. I think, or 91. Majority of India. So that, that's really cool. So I wonder how that's going to affect the prices of these other uh, vaccine producers. Yeah. But what we found out is, so this, this vaccine maker, uh, it's called Make Serum Institute of, of India. And they actually partnered up with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and like another corporation to actually be able to spread this vaccine around. And, you know, and everyone could kind of share their research, their, their studies, and kind of get what they want out of this 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 research study or this or this vaccine. Unfortunately, it's going to be given to like the lower income um, countries, like where poverty is kind of a little bit on, not kind of, but it is on a higher side compared to the United States. And hopefully, this doesn't turn into like the Tuskegee um, syphilis uh, study where people were. The researchers didn't unethically, right? yeah, unethically given the syphilis virus to monitor the side effects and different treatment treatment modalities, and they didn't really tell these people that they're gonna infect them with syphilis. And hopefully, this doesn't happen because a lot of times you can target lower income people, poverty stricken areas, and kind of tell them one thing and actually do another thing. And no one's gonna bat an eye about it because no one's reporting it, no one's gonna gonna see that, no one's gonna be there besides these these corporations testing their vaccines. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how this is all playing mm-hmm. out. Oxford University is starting like their phase two, three, and they're calling their vaccine name AZD1222. Uh, they have about 10,000 volunteers in that trial. And what's interesting is like, so the Bill Gates Foundation, and they've doubled funding from 750 million to 2 billion now, uh, and other charities, including them. So there's a lot of support for this. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's interesting is they thursday which is what august 6th or 5th they already signed deals with um a british drug maker called astrozenka to work on producing this vaccine Mm -hmm. and they're signing they're signing agreements with different um coalitions and um gavi which is another alliance to boost its supply so they're mass producing vaccines without proving its effectiveness i'm pretty sure this gavi is astrozenka the british drug maker and Bill and the Gaines Foundation together. That's where Azenka comes from. Yeah. So, like, it's weird how, you know, Dr. Fauci's like, oh, well, you can't really prove this because it's not a double-blinded, you know, study, you know, that we, we kind of call that the, the baseline. But yet, we're producing a vaccine with not even properly having the research that it's, you know. Well, guess what? Fauci could say all he wants. This isn't made in the United States. It's made in India. Yeah. They're going to abide by the, the law of India. You know, it's kind of... If your company is nationwide, is, is it global, like you could have different kind of, you could have different projects going on in different countries and you could pick which country is going to best support your project by the laws that they have. Is it because it's going to be more tax efficient? They might get a uh, federal loan easier, things like that. So if your company nurses goes nationwide, maybe you might be reporting from Puerto Rico. There you go. I don't know. Um, so... 
one thing that bothers me about all this is the the law that was passed on October 1st, 1988, and that gives vaccine manufacturers the the ability to protect themselves from any civil action of damaging arising from vaccine-related injuries or deaths associated with the administration of a vaccine. So all these vax companies have complete immunity in America from getting a trial, civil trial, if someone dies from the side effects. Yeah, but I'm sure there's there's so, always, so, like, the gray area. There's always, like... Exactly. Yeah, like, there's always, like, if you're signing up for a study and if these people are honest and actually give you an honest honest risk assessment and honest statistics on how it might affect you, what you might develop, might it work for you. If they do that in all honesty, you shouldn't be able to sue because you're voluntarily joining the study because there yeah. is people out there that will take that to their advantage and join a study trying to figure out a way where they could sue them. Okay, but, Even though doing their study. but this is not about the study. This is in general of any administration of a vaccine. In America, they've completed immunity. Yeah, I know. So I'm giving you like the, the different... The different aspects, advocate. Like, you know, because there's people... It might be beneficial. Why? Because these companies don't have to get worried about, worried about being sued. So they could maybe just tell you the risks and benefits honestly. Yeah. Instead of trying to skew the numbers a little bit because they don't want you to get too worried and then, then sue you for it. Yeah. And they go both ways. Yeah, you know? and, and also on the other double-edged sword is like, you know, this gives them the ability to produce a vaccine without having the proper test mm-hmm. results because they know they're out, there's this giant race of trying to produce this vaccine and whoever wins is going to make a shitload of money. Right. We looked at the stocks of these companies. So not only are they immune, they're in a race without maybe sa- – they're going to sacrifice trials and research for the sake yeah. of profit. And you, we see that – Endlessly with corporations. Yeah. So so we'll see. So this is basically a law that is cutting down on regulation. Yeah. That's what it is. Companies are more free to do kind of what they want. So we'll see what happens with these, with these vaccines. Man, who would have known that we'd be like in this age where we got to hurry up to find a vaccine for like a disease we cannot see. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, what's that movie called? Pandemic? Like that shit came true. Like Bill Gates talked about this years and years and years ago that this is going to be like the next either type of warfare or it's going to be a... It's going to be microbial warfare. Yeah, it, microbial warfare or this is just going to hit the, the human race um, spontaneously. Yeah, or people have another opinion where it says this is like the world um, slapping us in the face for treating it bad, like the earth. I was, actually, I was actually looking on Reddit on things and vertical farming might be the thing of the future they're yeah. thinking about. I read that like, like years back. They thought about vertical farming uh, and like deserts, vertical, vertical farming in like Mars. They thought, they try to put vertical farming in every like climate. Well, yeah, because it's efficient and plus you're not ruining mother nature and all the soil. Like you could de- technically grow up, right? Like a, a, a build, giant building that's growing housing or we as, I feel like, you know, how Elon Musk just got improved for doing these tunnels more and more we're going to see a society where maybe they're going to go underground. Mm. Imagine if we're going to just be hanging out and socializing in little segments of the city underground. And it's going to be a thing in the future. Maybe that's going to help also preserve Mother Nature because we already effed it up so damn much with our human behavior, unfortunately. Yeah, or water pollution gets so bad where we can't live outside of the ground for a very long time. And you can only temporarily go up like like above the Earth's crust. Yes, yeah, from you like know, some movie shit. Imagine that shit. That'd be, that'd be crazy, dude. Like you're going to go outside for a little bit and then you got to go back on the ground because it's not safe for you. That's crazy, dude. We're going to find out if those uh, global warming people, yeah, we'll scientists see. that were, you know, saying the glaciers are melting, whether that's actually true. You think the earth is flat? 
Oh, man. No, I do not think it's flat. We should ask Ash right. not. Good, because if you said yes, your credibility would have went out the window. I would have... Um, got a new host. Yeah, I would have just left. <laughs> like, right now, I would have just walked out the door. I would have opened the door and, and left. I was just, probably would have been so upset. And I would take my backpack, and I would take your laundry. Hey, man, at least, at least you know, you should at least finish your show with me just so people don't know what the hell happened, you know? It'd be a little bit rude if you just you left the show. I think everyone would turn it off after you said yeah. For sure. So... August 5th, big thing with um, Michael Pompey said this from Secretary of State, and it's announcing the expansion of the Clean Network Program, which is basically going to safeguard all of America assets, and this is basically all American assets which are digital, because we're entering the digital age, which we already are in. 5G is going to be um, more and more prevalent. What if this is where a blockchain just expands out of nowhere? It can, man. Maybe Bitcoin is going to make a comeback. Who knows? And, you know, right now you guys are realizing, you guys have been hearing about the whole spying of, you know, CCP, which is, or uh, PRC, right? The People Republic of China. Uh, we're, you know, we're seeing the whole TikTok things. And America wants to create a clean 5G network. So it announced this in 29 of April. Look at look at that. Wait, 2009? Yeah, tw- no, 2020, April 29th. Okay. So when the pandemic was happening, they signed this into effect without us even realizing it. We missed it, man. Um, but anyway, so what would this mean is no Chinese apps in the U.S. app stores, no U.S. data on any Chinese cloud, and no U.S. apps on any Chinese smartphones. Mm-hmm. So we have this beautiful internet that's connected with us, but now we're going to, I don't Regulated. know, we're going to split into bubbles because we're... We're entering this cold war with China. It's already here. It's there, happening yeah. right now. There's, it's like, a, so Trump cuts regulations in, in one area and then he escalates regulation in one area. And now it seems like they're escalating the regulation in, in the internet use, which puts on something global and open to everybody. Now they're saying that, hey, there's this a global entity that's supposed to be free and open to everybody. We don't think everything in there is, is correct. So we're gonna need to kind of check the information that comes in before you see it. And it's crazy. And everything has to go through just this one body. There's no like national or there's no like global internet approval organization. No, it's like each country is gonna approve their own thing. And that's a problem. So the way the internet was created, it's architecture is free. It's able to scale and you're able to do whatever with it, right? Everybody's connected. And now I understand the the reason why, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves from cybersecurity and attacks Mm -hmm. of what's happening with China. But it's going to take away the very definition of the internet is. And imagine if we're not going to be able to see information from different countries because it's all being blocked because it has to get processed through this clean network. So is this is this a clean network or is this, you know, I don't want to jump into conspiracies, but what is this, a giant surveillance now Never on all the American people? Because freedom of speech, the internet was free. Now it's going to be government regulated. Yeah, and 5G allows us to do this because 5G means increased speed. So they're able to process things quicker through like the different channels compared to 4G. Because if they add another another regulation, it's gonna slow down the system on, on 4G. So now your our solution is faster internet so you can get it done quicker and people don't have to wait five seconds to load a screen. You know, it's gonna it's gonna make everything more efficient, more like it's gonna be quicker. Yeah. And, and it needs to be quicker. Yeah, and China already has this, so they have this giant um, surveillance. And I believe, you know, in best interest because remember, we're, we're always giving perspective, guys. Mm-hmm. That's what we're always, like, this whole conversation is just, like, my opinion of this is to be determined. I don't know what to think of this. It's good and bad. Mm-hmm. 
because of what the internet is. But this is also one of those things, again, that's taken away a little bit more privacy, a little bit more freedom. Mm. Now everything's going to go through this network. And not only that, but it's actually going to become um, less secure because now it's mm. going to have to be filtered and it has to be, you know, kind of monitored. Um, but this this started in April and it's already into 30 countries. And it's, you know, it's also, it's also telecoms and telecos, uh, everything that's network related from cloud services to cable, just like we said, apps. And this is directly from Michael Pompey with what he said. It's interesting. So he said that the United States calls on all of our allies and partners in governments and industries around the world to join the growing tide to secure our data from the Chinese Republic, surveillance state and other malignant entities. Building a clean fortress around our citizens' data will ensure all of our nation's security. Interesting. Because, like, so there's, if, a, there's always a threat. Yeah. Like, you, just like terrorism in 9-11, there's always a threat. And then the Patriot Act happened. Now there's another threat. Now it's China. And all of a sudden, we need to secure this. And um, I just get worried sometimes, man, because if you want to go deep into the rabbit hole, like, you think about things. Everything is becoming more virtual, VR, AR. Uh, eventually, imagine if we become this cashless society, correct? Let's just say it's not going to be a chip. You know, that's what everybody's scared about. What if it's just a credit card? Uh, a ch- uh, it's going to be a swipe for everything, like one universal credit card. Well, now they're introducing like those, those fly ID things. Yes, yes, next year. So the problem with this is what if you're not compliant? Like in China... If you're not compliant, what do they do? They freaking throw in re-education camps and other stuff. Take away your rights. If they have the power of this same surveillance and you aren't a citizen, good citizen, they're going to turn off your chip. And now you cannot buy or sell or trade anything without that. And that's where it gets scary, where you give all that power away. Mm -hmm. So cash is king, man. Cash is a good thing because it... Well, cash is only worth as much as someone's willing to take take of it or or use it for, you know? I mean, yeah, technically it's not... Like, what is cash on nothing? Like, it's just numbers. Numbers, it's not cash flowing through the banks. It's literally numbers going from one place to another place to another place. To another. It's numbers cycling all around. It is. It's, it's, it's like, it's all it literally with, is. With a system that's not technically as backed up by gold, right? Okay. So... Nothing's backed up by gold anymore, dude. Nothing. Yeah. So, technically, the, the society is functioning because we're all compliant to yeah. its rules and regulations. I think the number one use, use for gold right now is cell phones. And electronics, yep. if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty insane. Like, it went from the gold standard, like, I don't I think we get stopped to go sound like 1900s. Well, I'm mistaken. Don't call me on that one, guys. Yes, I don't know what to think of it. Mm. You guys have an open opinion to it? It's funny because, our, you know, we look at our, like, listener or followers sometimes. We have, like, 71% women, and we're going ham on, like, mm. some friggin'. Maybe they find us interesting. I mean, they're technically listening. But it's just, yeah, we're trying to give you guys a... Like a perspective. broad perspective of everything that's happening. Because this is like, the, the tables are turning so quick. Like, yeah. th- this is happening, like, in real time. And it's hard to cover everything. But we try to, like, just pick out the stories that are making a huge impact. Right. Like, this and is this is huge. Yeah, and, like, we're at a time where having a different opinion is almost viewed as, like, wrong or you're anti-something. Like, it's okay to have a different opinion. Like, you know, like, we say random shit all the time. We just say whatever pops to our head, and it's like it, so. It's okay. You don't always have to believe in like the ideas that go through your head because some, some of the ideas that we get in our head are you know they're they're just blank. They're pointless. Yeah. You know. But in a time where it's like people look at you the wrong way, you know, for a different opinion, we're we're here talking about you know all 
all different kind of viewpoints, different opinions. So it's like okay to disagree with people. Like it's completely okay to have your own opinion. Like don't just follow whatever what everybody else is doing. Just kind of, you can do that if you believe in it. But if you don't, then just it's okay to have your own opinion. You're entitled to it. And it's, it's a, and it's okay to challenge somebody. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes sometimes you will have that person that you're having a conversation with, and it doesn't matter what you tell them. They're stuck in their perspective. They're stuck in their way. This is what they believe in, and you just have to. You have, if you're self aware of it. Just let it go. Yeah. Just, if, just if tell them. Just save your opinion, your thoughts. Let them be. You're gonna save your breath because yeah. those people never change. But yeah, it's okay to challenge a perspective and talk about it. And it's you know we do it all the damn time. We we sometimes we have disagreements about little shit, and we'll fucking get down to the nitty gritty to see who was right, right? And yeah. that's okay, man. We you can't have a hive mindset because once we're we're both attuned and thinking the same, that's when error could freaking. Um, you know, emerge because we're not fact checking stuff, you know, in yeah. a way. And if you have somebody that's there, that kind of their opinion just bothers you, like maybe you should listen to them and see where they came up with that opinion. Like, you know, because they might think you're crazy, you might think they're crazy. And if you guys actually have a conversation and, and talk why you believe in this and why they believe in that, then you might come, come to like understanding. You still might not agree with, with everyone, with each other's opinion, but you might say, hey, yeah, that's, that's kind of like a valid approach to it. And that's just what makes society happy and flowing. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for being being with us on this COVID episode. Damn it. Every time. On the C-19 episode. Current health news. Mm-hmm. Talk about a lot of... I think we talked about a lot of law today. A lot of, like, judiciary stuff. A lot of congressional stuff. Interesting. I think it's because it's election year and just politics are just fed through us from, from every we're, channel. We're it's like, fed. And it's being fed to us so much that we have to think about it because there's no way around it. That's why this one's a little bit more legislation-sounding. And, and it's also good to be aware of this, you know, because it's affecting you one way or another, you know. Mm-hmm. It's election year. Everybody should register to vote whether you like it or not. It's freaking damn important. And you can't tell us that you believe in this if you're not willing to stand up for it. Mm-hmm. And that vote will matter. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you next time. Peace. So.